Welcome back to what I believe is one of our first ever Thursday editions of Splash Play Spags. Maybe not, but it's our first time rolling here on our way towards three times a week. We're going to be here every Monday, Thursday, Friday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern in Spags. Today, we have Thursday night football picks. We're going to look into our crystal ball for the waiver wire and give some ride or die picks for tonight. And Pete, you already did all the promoting, so I guess just hit the intro because I'm the asshole here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun that has system noises going off, of course, as I always have to do here. But I am Chris Spaggs, joined once again by the man behind it all. The man, the myth, the legend, really, is what we're going to say. He's Peter Overzet. How are you doing, Pete? I feel bad that I kind of overstepped on your role. You know, normally I do kind of like a more generic tease and then you get into like the nuts and bolts specifics. And uh, I failed. Like I should have let if I could have a do over, I would be like, Chris, did you notice that I put Darius Slayton on the thumbnail for today? And then I throw it to you and you kind of set up the show. That's on me. That's the kind of thing, you know, you would think doing a show as frequently as we have over the last year, we'd build up that chemistry, but no, we simply refuse. We're going to keep doing our things each episode, but we appreciate all of you guys for being here as always. So make sure whether you're watching on Peach channel or the Splash Play channel, hit that like button now. We appreciate it a bunch. Subscribe to both channels as well. Uh, so you can see all the content Pete does every single day. And here's the big ass Pete. And this is one we didn't have a lot of time before the show to talk, but uh, we got to push the podcast feed more. And I think here's my pitch to you. And I think you could correct me if you want, or we go a different direction, but here's the giveaway that I'm pitching. I think if people give us five stars and review an Apple podcast and you leave some way to contact them, leave your Twitter handle in there, or I guess if you're e- your email, if you're brave, I think we give them a guest spot on the show. And we do that once, if there's a, an appetite for it, I'd be able to do it once a week, but I feel like that's the kind of community building I want to do. Pete, do you approve? That seems very dangerous, but I do approve. And I will also say, I'll toss in, I'm doing this for uh, my other podcast feed I started. If you leave an iTunes review, you will be entered to win a a randomizer box. So I still have a little inventory over for the summer. I'll say I'll give up two to the Splash Play audience. If you leave a review, we'll pull all those names. And uh, so we'll give away what? How many, a couple guest spots and a couple randomizer boxes? Yeah, I think honestly, you know, if we get enough reviews in, I'm certainly not going to stiff people and go like, hey, we're only going to do one a month. Like I think we could, we could have just a guest segment every week. I think that's the kind of silly bit that I enjoy. So it's really just going to be up to your guys' appetite, but I think that's very generous of you, Pete. So all we can ask right now is please go over to the Apple podcast feed. Actually, I don't think I could drop the link in the chat, but to, Pete, I'll text it to you and you could drop no, it in the chat. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it in. Um, so there's go to the Apple podcast link, five stars and a review, leave your at on there so we could DM you and reach out. Uh, but that's it. That's the, the new giveaway here. You get some randomizer boxes. You get a shot to be on this show and do all of our antics, maybe even for ride or die picks. Who knows? The world is completely limitless, uh, limitless for you guys. So please uh, go check that out and leave us five stars and a review. And of course, also make sure to go check out Football Outsiders. DVOA has been updated for week one. Uh, lots of wild updates to that one too, reflecting the performance 
performances there. Uh, the numbers do get more accurate for them as really everything out there over the next uh, two to three weeks. I think by week four is when they feel the most confident in it. But go check it out. Go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe to get an FO Plus membership, one of the cheapest memberships you can get out there. And also make sure to go to edjsports.com. Check out the matchups page. As I mentioned on the Monday show, had a friend doing a little test case there, just trying to tackle the most inefficient lines out there. He went four for four on his bets. It's not going to happen necessarily for you, but throw some $5 bets on there if you're in a legal betting state. See how it goes, then develop some of the process there. But go edjsports.com and check out the matchups page. And Pete, we got a lot of news, and we talked about one item on Monday that has changed materially since then. Raheem Mostert is going to be out for the year now. And I had said, like, I thought it sounded odd that they were like, oh, it's not an ACL injury, but we're we're concerned and we're going to take a look at it. Turned out, in fact, it is a serious injury. And I want to, I honestly forget what it was. It was like not the usual knee injury, but he had some cartilage that was broken or something. I don't, I don't know if you know more because you are doing a lot of the injury beat for the Fantasy Life newsletter. Yeah, I did see the the chipped cartilage or whatever. Um, yeah, out for the season, which led to a, a crazy night of waiver wire bidding. I think in casual leagues, he was going often, you know, like in your 12-team home leagues, Yahoo, ESPN, he was going for somewhere from like 35% to 50%. But then in our high stakes contest last night on FFPC, he was going more in the 800 to 950, 80 to 95% range. We even saw some, it hit like 98%. So the uh, people with money on the line were going very, very hard for Elijah Mitchell with this news. So Elijah Mitchell, we mentioned in the waiver wire snake draft, he was the number one overall pick. Uh, the Niners have also added carry on Johnson, the practice squad, a guy who I, I have to say, Pete, I know, I think you're a little more bullish, or at least historically have been more bullish on DeAndre Swift. So I don't know if it ports over to every uh, Detroit running back that's ever existed, but carry on Johnson, one of those guys I did not think was going to have a journeyman career this early in his career. Yeah, he was like a good prospect. He was viewed almost, I mean, not, I don't think he was quite as good of a prospect as DeAndre Swift, but he was, you know, a, a heavily drafted uh, prospect with a nice profile. Yeah, at this point, you know, bouncing around, like if you can't stick around on the Eagles roster where then Boston Scott couldn't even really sniff the field on Sunday, that that doesn't bode well for him. Um, so yeah, I'm not too worried uh, about that. They signed Trenton Cannon as well from Baltimore, I believe he's going to be more of a special teams guy. So I, I don't think there's much competition here other than Jeff Wilson looming. You know, I think there's, uh, you know, hoping for a November return for him, but that really means for the next, you know, two months or so we're looking at a backfield with Mitchell with hasty and then Trey Sermon, the rookie who of course was a week one inactive. Do we think that Trey Sermon, we did talk about this on Monday too, so not trying to repeat the comp, uh, the conversation we had then, but do you think there's a shot here that Trey Sermon does sort of cut out a material role off of what Mitchell's doing? Because I think that's one thing that jumps out where every single show out there, obviously we did, everybody else out there, the same thing, the waiver wire, all talking about Eli, Eli slash Elijah Mitchell, depending on the site you're looking at, uh, being the running back everybody wants. Do you think there's a shot here that he just ends up disappointing and ends up in more of a timeshare than people are giving him credit for right now? Yeah, I mean, the way I think about it, everyone always says like, oh, I don't want to deal with this like backfield headache and all that. But like I see opportunity here. And I think the thing is, yes, the information we have leads us to be very aggressive on Mitchell, but it will not surprise anyone. Like if Hasty comes out 
and gets, you know, 50 or 60% of the carries, that shouldn't shock you. If Trey Sermon is active and gets 50 to 60% of the carries, that shouldn't shock you. And the whole narrative this offseason was that the 49ers were going to be able to support two running backs if they were running the ball 500 times, not to mention we've previously seen them even be able to support three because Jeff Wilson Jr. would play that short yardage goal line role. So now there's literally only three usable backs in the backfield, and one of them was a late a, a week one scratch. So to me, like Hasty is like he is the kind of a secondary prize on the waiver wire. I think in a lot of casual leagues, he might not have gotten picked up. I think you should definitely grab him. And I would even say like, I prefer Mitchell to Sermon now. And I think Hasty versus Sermon is honestly probably pretty close. But even if you can get Sermon for a discount or if someone drops him in a casual league, like I want stabs on all of these guys because there's opportunity for two of these guys to be weekly contributors. Yeah, and also it's worth pointing out, Elijah Mitchell didn't get any targets in that first week one game, so maybe there's room for somebody to kind of emerge as the pass catching back. Uh, doesn't seem like it'll be Trenton Cannon, given that he's just joining the team now. And as Pete mentioned, going to be more special teams oriented, but there's room for something else to go off here. And that was what our waiver wire snake draft was on, on Monday as well, where we had uh, Pete did take Eli Mitchell up top. I took Jamichael uh, Hasty. That's sort of how I'd view it. And as Pete mentioned as well, if Trey Sermon, if somebody dumped him out there, just because that happens sometimes in the casual leagues, uh, definitely try to pick him up as well, just for speculative hope there. Um, other news that's going on in the league, Devonta Freeman's getting promoted to the active roster of the Ravens. Uh, does that hurt Tyson Williams at all, Pete, after he looked like legitimately a guy that was more than a replacement level back? Like he looked really good on Monday, despite the Ravens blowing that one down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, the concern, I mean, Tyson's by far their best back there. He has some juice. He looked good. The concern is that we see what we've, you know, seen in previous years with like a LaShawn McCoy, right? Where he comes into Tampa Bay you know, Fournette's getting some work, Rojo's getting some early work, and then McCoy's stealing just enough pass work that it just becomes this super gross committee. And that's the fear with Freeman. I don't think Freeman's going to be fantasy relevant. I don't think he's going to steal a lot of the early down work. But if he's coming in on some pass downs, like the Gio Bernard role in Tampa right now, that could be a real mess for all of these guys is because then you really do have, it is like Tampa Bay is the perfect analogy where you have Tyson as like the Ronald Jones with a little more juice. You have uh, Latavius as the Fournette, the veteran, the kind of steady presence. And then you have the even gross veteran, you know, pass catching back the McCoy, the geo, that would be Freeman. So I don't love this for fantasy, but I'm hopeful that, it's just a depth ad. The fact that they didn't bring up Le'Veon, I thought Le'Veon might be the pass catching mm -hmm. back. They kept him on the practice squad. So I'm still hopeful that Tyson can run away with this, but Freeman being there is a little gross. And Freeman has historically had a, you know, a nose for the end zone, certainly got a looks in his, a lot of looks in his Atlanta days, uh, right at the goal line. So that's something that I think, you know, there's some reason to have concern. I guess the question I would have for you, Pete, and I do think that Tyson looked really good in that game, as I mentioned, but I think if it were up to me and you could get, you know, you, cause a lot of people probably just picked them up off of waiver wires, I guess, depending on when your draft was like, I would try to trade them if you could, like, I think sell high right now, sell high against, you know, Raiders team that defensively didn't look that great and certainly gave up a lot of production. Do you feel that too? Because I just think more bodies in the room always gives me concern. And I think Tyson, if he became, you know, a 12 to 15 touch guy, like you're probably never gonna get as great of a return as you could potentially right now for somebody who is RB hungry. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I haven't like gotten quite into the mindset yet of like what you could get for him. Um, but I think it's an interesting thought, especially if you are pretty strong at running back. Um, a lot of my teams, you know, I have the one anchor running back or whatever, and then I am starting guys like Tyson. So he's a little harder 
for me to move. But yeah, if, if you drafted three to four running backs early and you kind of hit on him, I think trying to flip him, you know, for a mid-tier wide receiver that maybe underperformed week one would make a decent amount of sense. And shout out Dustin in the chat. He's got ETR gambling on the TV. I didn't know that they have a gambling show, but kudos to establish the run doing great things besides just using Pete for some content as well. Uh, but we, we appreciate the support of Dustin and, and Dylan asking a spags short for spaghetti, which I, am I back in fifth grade, <laughs> Mike back being taunted where I would be made fun of for both my name sounding like spaghetti and also Pete, uh, people make fun of me. And this is before we were woke enough to know uh, they make fun of me for being named like Christopher Columbus, which I feel like at that point, like that's a pretty big win to be like, oh, this guy discovered America. Now we know obviously genocide, all that stuff. Wait, they Christopher Columbus just because your first name was Chris. Yes, that was the, the I mean, did you expect more from the grade school kids and their, their level of you insults? Know, trust me, I get it. I, uh, you know, Peter Pumpkin Eater, uh, a lot of, you know, then you get to high school, middle school, a little more millimeter Peter uh, action in there. So, you know, I, I understand how it goes, Mr. Columbus. Well, that was one that only came out in the locker room, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they never had any proof. Um, I'm a shower <laughs> and a grower. They could they couldn't pin you down. That was yeah. that was the one thing in the this high school. This is what Edge Sports signed up for, right? <laughs> the the dick jokes flying fast and furious. Uh, no numbers don't lie this week, though. I think we are going to move it to Thursdays moving forward, just to give the data a little more time to congeal and put the best uh, version of that segment out there. But I do have a question for you, Pete, and this is an interesting one that I compiled today. So I will, you know, sort of quickly talk about. I had to redo my entire data sheet this year, Pete, because a site that we now uh, I won't mention. I wouldn't mention it anyway because I don't want to throw them under the bus, but we can't mention them either way. So that might give a hint to people out there completely changed everything about their data. Every single thing is completely different this year. And I know Pete, you know, you, you love data too, as much as I do. I won't say the inverse that I did last week. And yeah, thank uh, you for changing <laughs> course on that. But, uh, are you, you don't do like the Excel spreadsheet thing, right? Like you don't build your own thing. You just kind of use the tools on the websites like run the Sims and everywhere else. Well, it's funny you say that because last year I did, I mean, I'm not, I'm just like aggregating uh, some data, uh, you know, ownership projections. I like aggregating from a few different sources, um, pulling in, um, and also I use it as like a note taking thing. Like, you know, when I'm reading Ben Gretsch's stealing signals and he has like an interesting note, that's maybe not just reflected in like a pure projection number. I like making notes in my column. And to your point, I haven't, I've been so busy. I haven't gotten to set up that spreadsheet for mm -hmm. me. And I have just been relying on the run the Sims screener, you know, to looking at all those numbers, but I do want to, I need to start adding some of that stuff and I just haven't had the time to do it. And I know, like you said, when you're having to start it from scratch, it's a ton of work. Yeah, it is. Uh, for me, as with the color coding I talk about a lot in here, it is a complete nightmare. So uh, thumbs down for the site that I'm not mentioning that maybe you can guess that does a good job with data. And thumbs up for Football Outsiders for doing their data is exactly the same as it was last year. Thanks. <laughs> I like that chat being of Silas Jackson. I got called syphilis. It doesn't the... even rhyme. I mean, come on. These kids are brutal. Silas, syphilis. Yeah, they're, the extra little uh, consonant in there probably doesn't help out that much. But poor Silas. Hey, if you have a name that you got made fun of here, leave it on our Apple podcast comment. <laughs> that's that's the new fit. Um, but Pete, one number that jumped out as I was assembling my spreadsheet, uh, two QBs didn't throw a single pass 20 yards downfield in week one. Guess who they are? Not a single pass down. Wow, we're getting in a bonus. Numbers don't lie here. But all truth in this one, Pete. No no shenanigans at all. Um. Okay, goodness. Uh, can I get a clue? 
So the clue is one of these QBs, you probably wouldn't be surprised by a historically a lower, you know, kind of a dot thrower, um, a guy who definitely reviled in the internet community that people would like to see his backup start over him. Oh, wow. Um, let's say, I mean, God, I am, I am blanking on this. Let's say who was really bad week one. Um, Man, this is bad. Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, well, it has to be one of the rookies, right? But but Jimmy Garoppolo threw downfield. Let's say uh, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's correct. Willis got that in the chat. Tim got it in the chat. Dylan just got in the chat. That's one of them. The second one may be a bit of a surprise, and I guess the clue I'll give here um, has historically been more of a gunslinger, though there were some offensive coordinator changes this year that were designed to give him the play calling that he wanted. Aaron Rodgers. It is Ben Roethlisberger is the other oh, one. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, Claypool had, like, no downfield targets. Mm-hmm. And that could be the defense, too. I mean, this is a, you know, a Buffalo defense in week one that let me just make sure I have the DVOA numbers right here. But uh, they were, you know, certainly a team that historically has been better at, you know, sort of limiting things. And Pittsburgh, yeah, not a single throw downfield. And, and that's something we, we loved Chase Claypool last year. And I think, you know, even coming to this year, I think we had some hope for him. But if there aren't going to be deep throws, Pete, like Chase Claypool is going to have a lot of issues here getting those low A dot kind of targets. Yeah, uh, I'm very concerned uh, about just that offense in general. I mean, Big Ben, we talk about it like no, everyone knew that was a concern coming into the season. Like I, everyone's bracing for the Peyton Manning-esque, just he goes out there and just doesn't have it anymore. And it looks really close to that being the case. So I'm very concerned. I think Deontay Johnson and Juju can kind of alternate having like solid PPR, you know, low a dot kind of days, but Claypool could really be the odd man out if they're not able to push the ball down the field. Yeah. And you look at the numbers here. It's uh, it's not very pretty though. Honestly, you know, 10.6 air yards per target for Claypool. Again, first air yards mentioned in the show. So feel free to take your shots on midday on a Thursday. If you're, if you're a real piece of shit out there. Uh, but uh, I would say Claypool, you know, hopefully this does get better, but definitely some worrying signs. And, and also Pete, I don't know if you've seen some of the ownership projections out there, but uh, this might come into play when we build our lineups coming up in a little bit here. We're going to do our first ever lineup build live on the show, or maybe not first ever, but uh, one of our, our few lineup builds live on the show. Najee Harris looking like chalk this week, Pete. And I don't know. I don't know if I'm buying in on that one. I know it's one of those things where uh, my guess is, you know, four to five years ago, DFS, like it was way more just game log watching. Right. And you'd be like, ah, Najee didn't do much. But then you literally listen to every podcast, say he played all of the snaps and then they're going against the Raiders and people, you know, rightfully they want to chase that volume uh, and you know, he's going to get it. But I think we don't know enough about him in this offense to really feel comfortable about the floor. And mm. I think the floor could actually, there's just implosion risk with this team. And so anytime there's any kind of, I don't know, scary floor and a guy's getting steamed that much in ownership, that's a, that's a stay away from me. Like, you know, you, you know, you can play Kamara or McCaffrey at high ownership because you know, like they both have the floor and the ceiling with Najee. I'm not convinced that we know what the floor is right now. Yeah. Najee ran a lot of routes in week one, 30 routes is what he ran there and did get only a uh, three targets. So not a big workload in that front, but uh, two red zone carries one within the five yard line. So I get what people are seeing here. I personally, 
I think will be uh, well under on this chalk for the week. But um, I think, you know, it's certainly one to watch here. And it's also worth pointing out the Vegas defense, even though uh, Tyson Williams did have set that fantastic day. According to DVOA, actually a minus 7.6% decrease to rushing prov- uh, production. So could be more of a cosign on Baltimore being good than it was one on the Raiders being bad. And that could be something that could be a little bit of a trap this week here for Pittsburgh. So keep that in mind. Uh, Pete, I know you do the Fantasy Life newsletter. And also, I wanted to make sure we did a Q&A segment. I forgot to mention that. So if you guys have any questions, drop them in the chat, whatever it may be, football related, or I guess uh, if you want to ask more about embarrassing things from our childhood, you can do that. Leave them in the chat now. We'll answer one or two if we can. Uh, but Pete, anything else you did for the uh, Fantasy Life newsletter or any other content you did that you just think is worth mentioning here as we do our little Thursday wrap-up? Yeah, I mean, just the other kind of news and notes I wrote up was we still kind of have some weird quotes from Shanahan about Brandon Ayuk uh, right now where uh, it's like this weird combination. They're, they're kind of hedging because you want to say, oh, he's just not getting caught up with the injury. You know, he was behind with uh, not practicing as much. But there's some kind of like when you read between the lines, like he's also just getting outplayed by Trent Sherfield is basically what Shanahan is saying. So. Ayuk is definitely a hold. You absolutely cannot drop him, um, especially with what this offense could morph into once Trey Lance takes over. But I don't think you can start Brandon Ayuk this week. And I have some teams where uh, that's going to be a tough decision, but I I don't know how I can do it right now. So that's an interesting thing to keep tabs on. But with Ayuk, just knowing how good of a prospect he was, how much he flashed last year, this isn't like, I'm not totally panicking. It's just more like stinks that I can't use him now. I think it's going to ultimately be fine. The other just news and notes, Odell already ruled out for week two, Mm -hmm. which is really not good considering there was all the rosy camp reports, like even the best shape of his life, you know, making his one-handed catches again. And all of a sudden now he's scratched two weeks in a row to start the season. I mean, I really start to get worried about lost seasons when he had all off season to get healthy and is not. And then Evan Ingram also ruled out for tonight. Uh, most of the other injuries and stuff, I think we'll get way more information on after today's practice reports. So I don't think there's need to speculate on that. But yeah, those were the big ones. And also worth pointing out too, because we didn't plug this yet, but Pat Corain joining us tomorrow on the show for the Friday edition of Splash Play. So he'll join us for Ride or Die Picks. Of course, Pat doing great work over at NBC Sports Edge and a little show called Ship Chasing P. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's doing a really great job though. There is one of the hosts that I feel like kind of does hold back the genius of the other two hosts. Yeah, which one is that? Oh, I don't, I don't know, Pete. I just, it's just what the buzz of the street is. I, I didn't pay close enough attention to surmise which host it is. Yeah, no, it, it literally could be any of us. Uh, thank you. Yeah, we had, a, we had a lot of fun uh, walking through the FFPC bids last night. We were like collectively working each other into a frenzy of upping our Elijah Mitchell bids uh, to the point where we thought it was ridiculous. And then we still didn't win him in any leagues because people were <laughs> dropping $950. But yes, excited to have Pat on uh, the show tomorrow. He is turning into a, a seasoned podcast veteran now with all these NBC reps and he's on and they're on Peacock now which doesn't cause me any pain at all as somebody that <laughs> was uh, very close to good to doing some stuff with them but I am uh, excited to see that for Pat excited to see those guys obviously we love a lot of those guys over there and we'll have a lot more of them on the show throughout the year uh, one question from our guy Rin Pack who is one of the top DFS players in the world if you follow my work over at Osmo as well as really anything over at Osmo he's asking who's on our on our NFL DFS Mount Rushmore and that's a tough one because it's NFL DFS specific, Pete. So I feel like I you got to put like a Zeidenfeld on there, right? Just because of like the being an early millionaire maker winner and then also kind of then, you know, building his brand really off that. Obviously, he does a lot of other things too. Very sharp guy. But that's one I'll throw in, Pete, if we want to do the snake draft style. 
It is. It's very tough. Uh, Brick and I have had this similar conversation on uh, lulls before, and I think that's what you wrestle with because there are a lot of the players like you know a Kandia or a Sahil uh, Sud that didn't have like the big kind of online presence versus like the the Smiths that you mentioned. I, I think CSU Ram has to be on there as well. I, I do agree, Osimo now with everything he's done, but then I do feel like you want to pick one of the players who have been just consistently great for a long time. So it, it depends on, it's easier to go with the guys who have bigger exposure. Or are you trying to get, you know, the, the guys who have the results year after year after year. And, and the thing too, is like, are you just taking guys that are maybe the most important to the industry? Cause like, I would say for importance and like, I'd probably put Levitan up there as being a guy who was like important in moving the ball forward, helping people understand things more. And, you know, probably, you know, not as big of a winner in terms of the GPP stuff though, more of a cash game grinder, as you guys know, if you're following that content. Um, yeah, people bringing up Dinkmeyer. I feel like that's in the mix too. It's an interesting question. I think I would air more on the side of like the people who made like NFL DFS mainstream popular. So I would include, obviously I'd have to include Osmo in there just in terms of sheer winnings, but I think I might just go with the three guys who are on that DK, you know, the DK podcast that was to me, like one of the most important ones that got me, I think into DFS years ago. Right. And the, the analogies we were doing for, uh, on lulls was trying to compare it to poker in like the, you know, a similar equivalent would be like, you know, it's easy to say someone like Doyle Brunson because he is both like helped grow the sport and has just been around forever. But do you also include a Chris moneymaker who isn't considered like the best pro of all time, but he ushered in this massive era. I think moneymaker has to be on a Mount Rushmore just because of what he did for the overall game. And do you include Matt Damon from rounders, even though he's fictional? <laughs> yes. I, you have to put Matt David on <laughs> that's, there. That's the big question, Dylan. And the last question here, does spags have any purrs is what uh, he's asking. Is that another NFT thing? The one thing I was looking in today was the Degen Knights one that your yeah. pal Jack Settlement's a part of, which I think you talked about in a show. I didn't catch it yet, but um, I would say, I, I have to say, I guess I might be shamed here on Pete's YouTube channel for this, but I don't own a single animated character style NFT. And I think that's, I, I'm sure there's a money-making opportunity with it. I just don't have the wherewithal to even care. You have you have top shots though, right? I do have top shots. I still have a good amount there. I did sell off all my WNBA ones because I figured the return on that one was probably not going to get much greater. That might be me being no, no hashtag no sexist. I think. Have you been going for any of the uh, DraftKings NFT drops? Uh, so they came out. The first one like hit Tony when Hawk I was in Costa Rica. In three oh, minutes and forty seconds. Oh. <laughs> Is it worth it? Like, cause I, I, isn't there like not liquidity with those? I feel like I read half acidly about well, it, but not in any serious way. Will it, some of the, I have literally gone for all of these or most of these drops. Like they have them like staggered and I missed some of them, but I have not binked one yet. Um, but I know a couple guys, Willis in the chat here, uh, Ricky from, uh, the deposit kingdom discord. These guys have been hitting them and flipping them for, for two X and stuff. Uh, Ooh. this is not financial advice. Uh, but, uh, I know some people have had some luck with them. So, uh, building a, a little bit, it's a nice, uh, bankroll booster, right? Because your DraftKings account is the same for the marketplace mm -hmm. and the DFS. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, only hit four, but to go back to the thing, yes, PERS are a project very excited about, uh, the founder of the project is very active in our discord. Wow. He's a very, uh, sharp British dude, uh, who's kind of like a, an OG legend in the NFT space and just doing lots of kind of inventive, creative things, uh, with the project. And if you go in the deposit kingdom discord, you'll notice that like 80% of the people have these Penelope NFTs as their profile picture. So he's gotten his hooks in us, but, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I 
I won't give you too hard of a sell. No, I mean, look, if, if he's going to hook me up with a freebie here, because I, you know, I feel like we could do some connective tissue here. I'm happy to take anybody's free purrs out there. Like Pete was getting his free influencer packs, a top shot. I feel like I, you know, maybe <laughs> don't bring that up. The, fu the fucking $5 packs that on like our first show, people were getting mad that we got a $5 pack. We had like 2000 people watching live and they're mad that we got a $5 pack. Look, I, you know, I think the NFT space is getting more and more crowded, but I, you know, I hope I, all the people that I like, I hope do well. So I hope that Jack, and also I know one of the other guys, Drew Austin, who's doing the, the Knights of DJ. How one, do you which, know Drew Austin? Um, he, so he had a site years and years ago, uh, called campus socialite. That was like a college, like, I don't know, like a bro Bible barstool, whatever that, when that was like the thing at the time. And then clearly has done a lot more stuff. I think he was doing like VR stuff before moving over in NFTs, but, um, yeah, I've known him through the internet for a very long time and, uh, clearly seems to be making some hay for himself because I see him getting the engagements coming up. He's like an NFT, I wouldn't say kingmaker, but certainly a guy I have note in the community. Yeah, no, he's he's been able, like when Top Shot came up, went head first. When uh, Zed came up, went head first. Like he moves very quickly on this stuff. Yeah, so the the Knights of Degen, uh, Clay, who runs our social media for Club Top Shot, is running social and their Discord. Jack, obviously, their head of pumping over there. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to check it out. I have a few of their mint passes, and those have uh, been going up in price as well. NFT corner here on Splash Play. <laughs> I'm curious to learn more because honestly, I don't care enough to look into it myself <laughs> at this point. So that was informative for me and hopefully the people out there, if you want to play on board here. And of course, go to the Deposit Kingdom. I check in there on the Splash Play channel from here, you know, from here to there. And obviously the LOLs channel on there does a great job. And Pete's in there along with all the other people who are really a part of this community that you have built so lovingly, Pete. So go check it out um, in the, the various YouTube links. But Pete, now it's time. We got to do our new segment here. We're going to do, this is one for the podcast people. We're pushing Apple Podcasts. But this is a video one because we're going to put on some silly, or I'm going to put on some silly things. And, and honestly, I'll take direction on this one. What makes me look the most like a soothsayer? Like if I do it like this, or do I look like an old an old Nana? Is that, or should I do it like, like this, where I kind of throw the... <laughs> Like a scarf over fashion style. I mean, you're gonna get canceled no matter what you do. So I, I think you just do what's most Story comfortable. Story of my for life. You. <laughs> we were we talked about doing this uh crystal ball waiver segment, and you asked, Do I have a crystal ball? And it's like specs, of course I have a crystal ball. I'm a prop comic, I'm a DFS prop comic. Come on. <laughs> I actually don't have so this is not a real crystal ball. This is apparently my girlfriend's wish ball, which she had previously put in wishes. Um, but you can't pull them out. So I don't know what these wishes are, but um, I assume to they were to be impregnated by me and then to <laughs> out of wedlock. I'm sure that was <laughs> that was a very specific wish she put into her ball. Um, yes, I want to what so what the premise of this segment, Spags, is that we already had main waivers run in most leagues, mm -hmm. but there's still a chance to get some of these guys who will be uh wow, someone's really angry uh by CERN. Um to try to get the guys for a dollar or $2 who are going to be, could be the Elijah Mitchell that costs $800 next week. So that is what we are going to try to do with this week's crystal ball. Okay. So segment. we're going to, so we're not doing this full snake draft style, but I will take the first pick and I'm also going to rub the ball to ensure that I'm getting the full powers here of my mystic, my mystic qualities. I need to make sure to embrace them a little bit more. Mm, I don't, I don't know what I can do here. That's going <laughs> to like, if I start humming, I feel like I'm getting closer to getting canceled. <laughs> Mm, I'm going to go to Michael hasty. Like I I'm going to keep doubling down here. It's, 
just a timeshare one. He didn't get picked up enough, you know, not nearly as much as Elijah Mitchell did. And I get it. The touches were there, but Hasty has shown a little bit of ability to catch passes. I do think if Jeff Wilson were here, Pete, like you were saying earlier, he would be the guy. But I think just kind of trying to buy in on things leveling out. Trey Sermon would be the best one. But he's not a dollar. People are probably still holding on to him for the most part. So Hasty's the guy for me. And I think the crystal ball agrees. Mom. I do think Hasty is the uh, the best suggestion. If he's available, do that. I will go with, uh, now that we have perpetually injured Rashad Penny out again for the next few weeks at least, and he's never able to stay healthy, that makes Alex Collins the next man up in Seattle. Uh, he kind of has that uh, style of play that Pete Carroll loves. He kind of has that Chris Carson ethos. And Chris Carson gets a lot of touches. And so if Chris Carson were to get injured, I think Alex Collins would be a guy people would spend 50% of their fab budget on next week. So sneak Alex Collins onto your roster for a dollar and see what happens. All right. So for me, this is one that... I think this guy just kind of went under the radar for drafts, and I don't think he's a perfect stylistic match, but he is available, it seems, like a good amount of leagues, and honestly, might vary for your leagues. This might be a reach, Pete, but the crystal ball is telling me to say Jamison Crowder is who I'm Ooh. getting here. A guy who's been slept on as a slot target last week. We saw Braxton Berrios get a good amount of love here, and this is a game uh, for New England and the Jets where it's going to be a pretty low total one. Uh, the Edge Sports line actually has it even lower. Uh, the market line right now is 42. Edge has it at 39, and that, to me, screams slot kind of game. So Jamison Crowder kind of peppering with some targets, hurting Corey Davis. That is to me another waiver wire bin discount you can go to right now. Number two, a guy you should add in advance. And for me, it's uh, when I look into my crystal ball, I'm always like looking for wide receivers and other things, but generally all I see are running backs in my crystal ball, because I think the, the paths to them becoming uh, extremely relevant are more binary, you know, just a simple uh, injury in the future. And again, this is a crystal ball, not a voodoo doll. Okay. We're not wishing injuries on anyone, but uh, Darrington Evans, the presumed backup running back in Tennessee was placed on injured reserve, which makes Jeremy McNichols now the direct backup. To Derrick Henry, he had two rush attempts, and he also caught three passes for 24 yards. So not only does he have a nice little standalone role as a pass catcher, but I assume he would handle 70 to 80% of the running back touches in the event of a Derrick Henry injury. He's a guy I see in the future. <laughs> How many of these do we want to do? I don't know. I'll do one more. I, I, the ball is telling me to do one more, and it's telling me, uh, look for the orange man. Look for the slender orange man, and that's Tim Patrick, I believe, of the Denver Broncos going in to a spot here against Jacksonville. We saw Houston get a lot of results against them last week. We also know Jerry Judy, unfortunately, hurt in a, an ankle sprain that somehow he's going to come back from, even though that did not look pretty when it happened in the game. But Tim Patrick, a guy we've seen produce at a high level. Cortland Sutton, I think, clearly not where he needs to be. Uh, did run a good amount of routes, but did run less routes. Uh, then Tim Patrick, actually, no, excuse me. They ran roughly the same amount of routes. That's my bad. I was looking at the tight end routes for Noah Fant. So the crystal ball misled me slightly. But the point here, Tim Patrick, a guy who can get it done in a game script, I think that should benefit him. And, and Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty good in week one, 88% accuracy on his adjusted completion rate. So a Teddy Bridgewater, not a guy I normally love, not the downfield thrower, but he did it. And Tim Patrick, if he keeps doing it like this, Tim Patrick's going to be the beneficiary. So that's my final crystal ball take. Pete, what's yours? All right, my final one, I continue to see only running backs. I peer deep in here, and none of the wide receivers will emerge. I'll go with Savan Ahmed for the Miami Dolphins, uh, What a backfield we thought might be a little ambiguous coming into the season. He had three 
receptions uh, in week one, uh, rushed the ball six times. I do think he would be the primary beneficiary if, and we say if, not when, Miles Gaskin were to get hurt. I like Savan Ahmed as a bench stash. And don't forget that Patrick Laird, why am I doing a vampire? Don't forget that Patrick Laird remains on the practice. We don't, Spags doesn't get, I mean, this is all fun and games until he starts talking shit about my best friend. So uh, he's going to go in about a 30 second timeout. He's going to think about what he did. And then he's going to come back on the show and he's going to apologize. <laughs> I'm very sorry to Patrick Blair. <laughs> <laughs> you got canceled and pissed me off all in one segment. Congrats, oh, that's the man. worst. The hurting you, Pete. That's the truest cancellation that I don't want to be <laughs> a part of. Either way, there we go. Our first <laughs> Do we think we do this one again, Pete? How do we feel? Um, we're gonna give it a try. We're gonna check the <laughs> ratings. Uh, I think I I should have I should have committed to the bit more. I'm sorry, but I didn't want to kind of steal your thunder slash get canceled. No, I do think I like the idea. Uh, the one that I did for the last one, that's Tim Patrick, I felt good about where the crystal ball is like talking to me. I think that's sort of where I want to go with it. Like, because so, that way too, it's like it's not just magic. It could also be a hint of mental illness that I'm just hearing <laughs> hearing voices tell me about Tim Patrick. I will say I normally like having something on my desk. I I generally I had like my randomizer footballs. I'll sometimes hold these like dice or my man's coin. This is actually a great kind of fidget tool uh, during shows until I drop it and break something. But I'm really enjoying holding this right now. I, I like it. I think it's going to prop. That could be like your Jalen Rose. Like he has the bat. You can just have a crystal ball around. And that's <laughs> honestly wouldn't be the worst DFS channel angle. If you were starting from square one, just doing a channel and having a crystal ball and acted like that's like the, your secrets of winning. I mean, what if Miss Cleo did just become a tout? And she just really started. She did like uh, DFS palm readings and, uh, you know, talking uh, to the future. I think that I think that could work. Is she is she alive would be the question I <laughs> I have. Um, Spags. <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to check it. But my Internet's being a little wonky here. Miss Cleo. Uh, no, 2016. Yeah. All right. Our generation's Miss Cleo. So <laughs> it's a role that anyone could fill. Maybe we're our generation's Miss Cleo now. That's true. I could only hope uh, with with less problematic accents, I think, would be our goal here. <laughs> Either way, I think it's time, Pete, to do the, the build here. We should do our let's do the NFL DFS week two build first. But guys, hit that like button if you can. If you're watching on YouTube, on Pete's channel or the Splash Play channel, it does help us out a bunch. Well, all the other creators you see on YouTube, they could all use your likes. So just hit likes everywhere you go. Just click like and help out all the people out there. That's your way of giving back. And also make sure to give us five stars and review an Apple podcast. If you missed the opener of the show, we're giving away guest spots. We're giving away randomizer boxes. All you have to do is give us five stars and a review on a Splash Play Apple podcast feed, and we will let you into the mix here and maybe even on the show. Maybe you can bring your own crystal ball and join this hit, this smash hit new segment that we came up with, with I think, roughly 30 seconds of planning. <laughs> should we uh, Should we answer? There's a few questions in the chat. Should we answer a few questions as part of our uh, belated Q&A here? Yeah, go for it. All right, let's do, well, one quick here. Uh, CH or Damian Harris, uh, it's still CEH for me. I, I, I don't know if you're talking like rest of season or just this week, but I think either way, it's still CEH. Damian Harris fumbled at the end of last week. We know Bill Belichick. It doesn't matter how veteran of a presence you are. He's, he's willing to pull the plug there. And CEH's usage was really good. Um, I know it's concerning when they score so many points and he doesn't get in the end zone. Uh, but I think you go back to CH and just know that that offense is going to continue to put up points. Do you have a similar take there? I think I would go Damian Harris's way. I've liked him a lot. I think, wow. uh, you know, last year the numbers looked good. And the one thing that jumped out to me is he's actually running some routes and getting some targets this year. Ran 23 routes in week one, also had three targets, caught two of them. 
I think those are things that bode well for Harrison. Um, his intended touch number, which is something I talk about here. So basically looking at targets plus the amount of carries 26 intended touches, which is about 65% of the touches when he's on the field. So that to me looks pretty good. Um, CEH, you know, look, I'm probably never going to get him right. I think after that week one last year, I was, you know, I was on the train with everybody else thinking he was going to be a rock star and then was slowly disappointed after that. I feel like Harris, like we know Bill Belichick does want to run. I, I agree. The fumbling issues could be a problem with Ramondre Stevenson lurking not too far behind, but I think he can shore those up. And I just, I think the numbers here really jump out well. And also worth pointing out for this week, the Jets defense corner DVOA giving up 15% more rushing production. So I think for a week for this week or for moving forward, I'm kind of a little more team Damian Harris. And I'm, I'm disappointed in you for not being, being on one of the Damian boys. Yeah, I think you're getting, I, I, I I just looked at Paulson's rankings and he does have uh CH 17th overall and Damian Harris 18th. So it, it is legitimately close for, uh, for this week. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I still want to side with that chief's offense. Here's another one that's kind of interesting and maybe a spot that a lot of people are in, you know, you draft Saquon with, uh, you know, uh, maybe your second round pick or something. And now you're wondering, Hey, can I start him as he's still getting limited usage? He mentions he has Henderson, who I think you definitely start. And so your question, you're basically asking, am I going to sit Barkley for Jamal Williams? I'm still playing Barkley there, um, but I, I understand your hesitation. But in, in my opinion, like when you draft him there, like you, you got to play him unless, you know, he's, there's a report that he's actually going to be on a, on a really limited snap count. I don't like the matchup and I don't really didn't like what we saw in week one from Barkley just in terms of the workload and, you know, the overall opportunity. And honestly, the Giants seem like they really kind of overperformed despite not playing that well at the at least at the wide receiver level. So uh, I, I think I get your take. And I think that's one historically that I would say if you draft this guy spent draft capital, you know, try to use him. But I do think Jamal Williams is kind of low key a guy that could be interesting and Green Bay is going to bounce back and be better. But that usage he had in week one. I think it's going to be there because that's just how they're going to keep Jared Goff you know, safe and upright and not killing games entirely. So I would go Jamal Williams, but I, I certainly, you know, I think really Henderson and Jamal Williams, I think are more appealing to me than Saquon, but I do get the logic why you would start Saquon. And again, I will say you guys are really good with these start sets. I was checking uh, John Paulson's rankings over at uh, four for four. I think he does uh really solid season long rankings and uh, he has Jamal 20th and uh, Barkley at 22. So there you go. It's um, it's definitely close. I, I I certainly understand. I think this is always the cop out answer. Jamal Williams definitely has a higher floor because we mm -hmm. just kind of know what his role is going to be, and then Barkley just has the bigger ceiling because if they ever decide like, hey, we are just going to get him back to his full blown bell cow role, you know, he has access to a, a thirty point game in a way that that Williams doesn't. So I don't know. I, I normally break those ties if I look at my opponent's lineup and I think I'm an underdog. I'm probably swinging for the fence with Barkley. Like if I feel like I'm a decent fave, I might just play it safe and, and roll with Jamal Williams there. And Johnny here saying too, do not start Barkley. He's going to be on a snap count with a short week. I think that's another thing, you know, sort of hard to speculate on that one, but it does seem like there were concerns about him being able to play overall. So I think if you do expect a shortened workload and it does make it a much easier way to look at those other guys. But, um, you know, this guy also said that he would take CEH over uh, Damian Harris, even though he's a Pats fan. So I don't know if Johnny lost some credibility on that one. Either way, though, I think there's some concern to have for Saquon Barkley. Uh, any other questions you want to grab, Peter? You want to do some lineups? No, I think we're good. And uh, yeah, I would say, um, yeah, maybe we make it uh, from now on because Spags, you normally get the tweet out um, before the show. Maybe we can start. You guys can reply to that tweet with your questions and then we'll mm. pull a few of them uh, in advance of the show and, and try to uh, make that a week or a, a regular uh, segment.
Yeah, so follow at Splash Play Pod and then, uh, you know, reply to that tweet. We'll put out a call for questions here before the Thursday show and we'll take as many as we can. So uh, hit, hit that up and make sure you're following at Splash Play Pod. We follow everybody back too. So you get a bonus follower and you get to know that Pete and I might see your tweet and maybe even give it a like if we're feeling generous and just uh, cruising around to see the. Honestly, it's kind of a wasteland, Pete, with all the people we follow now, but it's an interesting feed sometimes. You get some anti vax stuff in there, you get some pro wrestling takes, you get really a little bit of everything from our audience. Wow, we got anti. Vax takes from our Here's a, I don't know if they're big fans. I have to assume they're not <laughs> regulars, but they, they gave us a I, follow. I guess I got to log in there for a good time sometime. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's do the lineup build, and we're going to do our NFL DFS lineup. And and Pete, I think, uh, so you had talked about we should do this. Are we going to do it one by one here, or you pick a guy, I pick a guy, or how do you want to do it? So we're talking about a showdown lineup, right? Do you want well, I know we're going to do both. Uh, oh, sorry. So do a main one. slate one and a Thursday one. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's okay. see. Do you want me to pull? I can pull up a screen share here. Yeah, let's let's do, do the Thursday. Let's do the let's do the main slate one first, and then do Thursday, so we get to sort of you know pair everything for Thursday together in one spot. Okay. Yeah. Let's uh. Yeah. Let's let's all let's go back and forth. Um, alternating here. Um, I got the uh. Where did all the players go? Oh, there. Oh. It took a second to load. I was like, what the hell? That's um, your Paula Cole. Where have all the Cowboys gone? Song. Where have, <laughs> where did all the players go? Um. Okay. Uh. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you first pick. Okay, so, all right, so this is an interesting question here uh, for the showdown lineup. I guess for captain, normally I do talk a lot about trying to push towards wide receivers, uh, push towards the pass catchers. That is normally going to be a take that that works, and I think that was the case on the Sunday nighter and the Monday nighter. Um, so I guess out of all these guys in this game, Terry McLaurin I think has some appeal at captain, and I would say. Sterling Shepard to me, uh, nine intended targets there uh, in week one, I think is a pretty good, pretty good line for him. It was also pretty good after the catch, but I think McLaurin is where I'm going to go, Pete. I feel like he's a captain that Heineke's thrown the ball downfield, probably not going to be as good as he was with his one downfield toss here where um, it had a 119 QB rating on his one throw of 20 plus yards. But I think Heineke, we talked about him a little bit on Monday, like he's not great, but he does try to do the things that we know analytically you should getting the ball downfield. Um, so to me, I guess Terry McLaurin is the captain. Yep, uh, I'm with that. I'm uh, checking out some of the uh, some sim results here too. He's you know showing up in about 12 percent as the captain, which is uh, probably going to be pretty good relative to his captain mm-hmm. ownership. People are probably going to be gravitating to Antonio Gibson would be my guest tonight uh, at 9600. So I like McLaurin, and then I'll just make um, you know a logical extension of that. If McLaurin is the winning captain, it's very, very likely that uh, Heineke finds his way in that lineup as well. I was wondering if you're going to do that because like that is something that I do like on really on the build level on Fantasy Cruncher when I'm running my sim, my optimizations rather not my sims. Um, although you know I try to run the sims whenever I can too. Uh, but whenever I'm running an optimization, I you know I make my groups there where if you're if you have any pass catchers from Washington, you have to play Heineke. If you have any pass catchers from uh, the Giants as captain, you want to play Daniel Jones because that is sort of the correlation play there so smart move by pete um also dylan saying fitzpatrick at no ownership looks like a smash is just hurtful we are both very big fitzpatrick fans pete and he's apparently might have surgery for his hip so this was this is looking not great yeah no it's it's not looking great very sad um hopefully heineke comes out uh with some confidence tonight and uh (laughs) trying to make some plays happen uh do you want to stake this one so you take the next pick sure um you know what i want to keep kind of rolling with I like Washington in this spot. Um, I think in these gross games, you know, the over under is 40.5. Uh, I, I kind of like going with an onslaught uh, type build. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to toss in Diami Brown uh, here 
uh, obviously no uh, Curtis Samuel. I think Diami looked pretty good. And again, if Heineke's really cooking, it's going to be Brown and McLaurin downfield making plays. So I'll toss him in for some nice salary relief too. Okay, yeah, I think that's a reasonable take with Diami Brown did run 24 routes, which is just behind uh, two routes behind what Terry McLaurin ran in week one. So that's a good amount of run for him and definitely a guy who can take advantage if Heineke does get that ball downfield. Um, I am going to go to the actually no. I think we should probably take the other part of Washington. If we are going, if you're taking onslaught, I do think that this guy is probably going to be in a winning lineup. It's Antonio Gibson to me, a lot of touches in week one, uh, 20 rushes, five targets. That's a pretty good workload. And we all know he's been a guy that's been historically, you know, we're just all waiting for the breakout. I don't think the Giants defense is going to do a whole lot to prevent that. Uh, they were 25% better or 25% worse rather uh, against the run. So they're giving a pretty big boost to running back. So I think Gibson's going to benefit there. And I still wouldn't want to play him a ton of captain, but I do think he's worth getting in a lot of builds that you utility yeah and so we are going to need some kind of bring back um you know my heart wants to toss in Darius Slayton but I think we can be smart here I mean Sterling Shepard uh was uh awesome in their week one game he had nine targets 113 yards and a touchdown uh seems like the focal point of the offense Daniel Jones's favorite target especially with no Evan Ingram he's really the guy over the middle that's going to be getting all those targets so if we're projecting a, a kind of garbage time uh, game script here for the Giants. I think Shepard is definitely a, a logical bring back. Yeah, I also wouldn't sleep on Kenny Galladay. Like, I think if you're honestly going to straight, just straight up take this lineup we're building right now, I would make one with Shepard, one with Galladay. I think they are kind of similar plays. And and honestly, Pete, I would take one with Slayton too. Slayton had seven targets in week one, so at least he was like in the mix more than he was last year. So that's a pretty good look for him. Uh, we got 7,300 left. I don't know that I want a second Giants wide receiver here, but honestly, that might be... So the QB's always got the best floor. I feel like if we took Daniel Jones, that would be the most logical. But why not Shepard Shepherd and Slayton? Let's do it. Yeah, I was going to say that. Or you could, as part of the onslaught, you could just toss in the defense. if it's just Oh, like and leave a lot of money on the table. Leave yeah. money on the table to be unique. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable take too. So um, yeah, you know, let's do it that way. Let's do it that way. Because it is hard for have to have both or to expect to have both Shepard and also have uh, Slayton in there without Daniel Jones scoring enough to make it in there. So I agree that probably Washington leaving 1700 on the table, a good move. You're not going to be as, as caught up with all the other ownership or the high owned plays and wide receiver, a captain. I think this lineup looks really solid. Yeah. And I was going to say, it's funny looking at, uh, I'm looking at some of the top SIM results uh, on run the SIMs in this lineup minus if you switch out um, Diami Brown for JD McKissick, this lineup is appearing eight times in the, uh, the most frequent lineups based on the SIM results. So I always like just looking at that because it makes sure you're kind of getting on logical um, bets. Um, mm -hmm. but I don't mind, uh, I think both Diami or, or McKissick has kind of a flyer there makes sense. And we leave a little salary on the table to be unique. I think it makes some sense. And then Silas asking, wouldn't Heineke be a better captain with both Brown and scary Terry? I think that's a reasonable way to look at it. But, um, the, the downside is that Heineke, you know, QBs always end up being the highest owned captains, especially when they do run a little bit like Heineke does. So you can make that move. You're probably going to be a higher probability of chopping with more people. So if you do go with Heineke captain, you know, maybe try to get in one under 10% own projected play. But um, I feel like Pete, I, I know you don't feel the same way about this, but for me, for the most part, I'm usually never trying to play QB as a captain very much because that's where the ownership is. And also it just tends to work out that somebody else bubbles up a little bit higher. But would you be a little more open to Heineke at captain? 
I still prefer McLaurin in this build and just trying to get that that ceiling that he has that I don't think Heineke has, you know, the slate breaking. But logically it it, it makes sense. And it, it make it also is interesting the fact that this in the sim has JD McKissick, which would put things more on the ground, less air it out, where Diami does kind of offer that big play where you could see uh, Heineke getting there. Um so yeah, I think both are viable. Uh definitely don't disagree with that. Yeah, and the price tag on Diami too. I mean, it honestly wouldn't be the craziest to take one or two shots at him at captain tonight, even if you're playing. Like for me, I usually throw 10 lineups into the big tournament for showdowns, and then um, we'll throw the rest into the various 20 maxes. So that's going to be my approach. And I think, you know, take your stabs here and, and you know, really try to focus on the pass catching is what I would say for tonight, though. Honestly, today, low scoring game, a uh, low total game, makes again the defense is probably a better move than it usually is on showdown slates. And I guess, Pete, since we're doing the Thursday night game, let's just do our ride or die picks as well. And um, I do think that, oh, I, if you win with that one, by the way, you owe us all money, I think is the way that goes. I might, this might just be a placeholder. I might have to make some tweaks because I already heard that Dylan is throwing it in and I don't, I don't want to be duped. I can't be <laughs> no, duped. You can chop with just Dylan. It's going to be you and Dylan. Nobody else will have that lineup. I'll have to check on that. I'm guessing <laughs> this might be a fairly popular lineup. Um, what would be your ride or die pick here? I do think, uh, see, should we take Terry McLaurin as captain off the table since we both just agreed he should be captain? Um, sure. Yeah. Let's, let's take it off and, uh, and then choose. All right. So, so we're making, to be clear, the ride or die picks, we talked about our records here. This is why the record goes South is because we make these little rules here and Terry McLaurin does look pretty good, but I will take for my captain, Pete, I'll take Kenny Galladay. Why not? I'll, I'll hope that he sort of bubbles up here. Just a tough defensive matchup. People will probably be really down on him as a result. We're seeing in the chat, a lot of people talk about that Washington defense. They are scary. Washington does uh, week one had a 13% drop in DVOA production of wide receiver one. So that's not great for Galladay, but we're talking tournaments here. We're trying to win a large pot. So I think Galladay captain is going to be my ride or die pick. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think that's a good one. Uh, and we'll probably go under owned it. Uh, I'll, I'll say Antonio Gibson. Am I allowed? I think he is probably like the optimal captain. I don't know if that's cheating. Yeah. He's probably like the cash game captain. I would think. Yeah. Let me see the projections Which here. Yeah. Doesn't obviously always work out for GPP, but, uh, I'll, I'll take Gibson. Actually. Awesome. looks like he has uh Taylor Heineke a little bit higher. So okay. I think, yeah, Heineke, right. Heineke being chalk captain, I think would not be surprising because I think people are going to think it's sneaky and he's probably going to be end up, I would say uh, definitely 15 to 20%, but it wouldn't shock me if he got to like a little bit over 20%. Yeah, um, I agree with that. We'll do that. All right, so let's do, and now we'll do our main slate build here. So you got the ride or die picks. You got the the Thursday night football showdown build of the Giants of Washington. So we we appreciate that. Feel free to seal that lineup if you want. And if it wins, you know, really, you definitely owe us a five-star in a review. But let's do the main slate lineup build, Pete. We got seven minutes left here on the show, and we can squeeze one in. Yeah, and also I'm going to pull up. So I do have a listener league for the oh. Deposit Kingdom. Um, and there's 10 more spots left nine, uh, here. If anyone wants to join that, oh, I, I feel like I should be joining that. What is the link to that? Where, where yeah. is it? I'll, I'll text it to you so you can okay. get, yeah, I'll get in there. I'll, I'll give you guys one of my, I'll give you guys one of my middle tier lineups to see. <laughs> see you don't want to. Yeah. I mean, why, why? You know, why would we uh, buy the cow if Spags is giving us the milk for <laughs> sure. free? It's got a little bit of tease, a little bit of the old in out here for, <laughs> for my lineup. Um, I just texted you the okay. link and I'm posting it in the chat. So move quick. Otherwise, otherwise, yeah, these please guys don't, don't beat me in this one, guys. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming 
hard and well, I shouldn't have said that. I wasn't, I wasn't even trying to be gross there. It just ended please up being back. gross. Please, can we just make it through <laughs> one week with our new employer? Uh, okay, I understand. I am reserving my entry to this contest. <laughs> you don't have to read the terms of service. <laughs> I just feel like that's an unnecessary barrier here, but I am in now in the Deposit Kingdom week two. So you are now officially competing against Splashway. Do you have your other shows in there too, or is it just me and you? Uh, it's 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 more for the discord it's anyone who wants to hop in we got nft bros in here we got splash play bros ship chasing bros it's a it's a melting so, pot it sounds like brick is ducking the tournament is what <laughs> is what i'm feeling you know brick uh apparently has bigger fish to fry who would have thought as a dfs professional i guess he, he, could, he could give us one of his middle tier lineups too <laughs> give us one of the the not really good ones going into the millie maker but uh, all right let's do the let's do this lineup pete and uh, you gave me the first pick in the other lineup that we built so you take the first pick here Okay. Um, so I do think just like a, a real quick, like DFS thing, I think the Dak Prescott double stacks are going to be extremely popular this week with how good all of those guys looked and they were underpriced relative. The one guy that I was really impressed with that I think might just get lost in the shuffle a little bit, who I think just has like slate breaking upside is Jalen hurts. And we saw Jared Goff just put up an ungodly amount of points and attempts against San Francisco last week. Now Philly's at home, you know, uh, get some more burn with his rookie wide receiver, Devonta Smith. Uh, I'm, I'm hype on Jalen hurts. So this is one of those numbers that can't, I, I must've pulled something wrong here is my thought, but I don't think I did. Jalen hurts intended air yards per attempt in week one was 3.6, which that can't be right. I mean, I, I watched him throw like a what was he, he had like two a, deep balls he did yeah. throw two deep balls for a uh, for a perfect qb rating but let me just double check this one in uh this list here but i'm pretty sure that's accurate unless i pulled it yeah 3.6 yards per attempt yeah um that's insane johnny the link to the deposit kingdom discord is in the show notes of all of my videos you should definitely hop in there all kinds of channels going on and you have access to them as a vip member as well sir all right, so let's. Uh, I get the next pick here, and we don't really need to stack up Hertz, though. I do think Devonta Smith, as I mentioned, one of the guys I like a lot, and I think that would be a fine one. But I'm actually going to go a different direction here. A guy who in week one completely burned me. So why not hope that this week he won't? Mike Evans, I think, in this spot, yeah. going against Atlanta, a team that we saw be completely hapless, according to DVOA, giving up a 6% boost to the pass game. So that's a spot that I do feel good about Evans, getting back on track, doing the thing that he always does. And if he, you know, we're one of those guys that won a Millie Maker this week, it wouldn't surprise me because that's just what Mike Evans does. He bombs out one week and then is fantastic the next, and then you never have any idea when it's going to happen. So maybe it'll happen this week, Pete. I like that call a lot. I think... It's a really good GPP move, especially because we have a lot of these receivers, you know, or these teams where the trio of of wide receivers and a couple of them go off and then one doesn't. And I think you see, we'll see, you know, guys cycle through it. The same thing might happen this week with the Bengals, you know, with Chase and Higgins got the majority of the production, you know, like going to a guy like Boyd now, uh, who I view as going to have a similarly great season. So yeah, I think buying the dip on those situations makes sense. Let's play. Let's. I'll just get my I'll get my stack in. Uh, I'll play Devonta Smith um, okay. with Hertz. Uh, he looked really good. I know you like Devonta Smith, and he's still pretty cheap here at fifty four hundred. Yeah, Devonta was very solid in week one. Certainly, you know, maybe not as much of a deep ball uh, target as it would have been in other situations. Again, that game was a blowout, so it's I'm not too worried about it. But Devonta, 86% catch rate in week one. Uh, you know, it's going to be helped out if uh, Jalen Hurts is throwing a lot of short balls, but I, I think that's a solid one. So you stacked it up, so I feel like we have to do a bring back then. And uh, Debo's going to be the popular one. 
or or we go to the one of the running backs. This is a tough call. I think I'm going to go Elijah Mitchell here. I, the ownership isn't that crazy. Osmo has him at 6% projected ownership yeah. right now, so I'm not too scared of it. So yeah. I, you know, myth, it, it's kind of instructive when you think about it through the lens of like people going crazy for bids that, I, you know, people making a more like that decision is more rooted in like the rest of the season where it's interesting that I agree with that kind of ownership percentage. I don't think Mitchell is going to be crazy. Like this isn't like, Tony Pollard is stepping in for Zeke and everyone's playing him at 5,000. Mm -hmm. So to me, if he holds at that ownership percentage, I think he's a really good tournament play at 5,000 at 6%. Um, definitely on board with that. Um, let's do, I, I love doing little mini correlations. And if Mike Evans is shooting out, then you got to think Atlanta is performing a little bit better. Calvin Ridley, um, is still a guy I think is going to have a good season, even though that offense struggled. So let, let's get Ridley in with this Evans lineup. Yeah, Ridley was a touchdown monster last year, clearly had a, a tough game against Philly. It's also worth pointing out that I'm looking at these numbers. Elijah Mitchell may be a little bit of a trap if that ownership comes up. I think with him being under 10% predicted ownership right now, I feel better about it. But uh, according to DVOA, it was actually a runaway success for the Philadelphia defense in week one. And that explains why poor Mike Evans got kind of sucked up in the vortex. But minus 43% for the run game DVOA, Pete, for Philadelphia in that Atlanta matchup. So... Um, if anybody could overcome, it's going to be San Francisco, who is apparently 83% better than average for their rushing DVOA. These numbers sort of come down a little bit, uh, as I mentioned in the first few weeks of the season, but the week one results here, they really performed, outperformed everything in that run game. So uh, they'll find their depth here a little bit more. So keep that in mind if Mitchell's ownership does come up. Um, I guess... Uh, so tight end's going to be tough this week because we don't have Travis Kelsey on the main slate. Um, so that eliminates one option. Um, hmm. I honestly don't know if I should go running back or tight end. I don't want to hog all the running back spots, but tight end's pretty ugly. Uh, I guess I'll go. It's a really high total in this game for Cleveland. 30 implied points for them. I'll take Austin Hooper at a very cheap price tag, 3,800. So we honestly might not be spending enough money. So maybe we can upgrade a little. Actually, no, we're, we're probably going to be okay. Um, but I'll leave you some more money here. Take a cheap tight end that, um, you know, I think, you know, expecting things to level out a little bit more, a little more production to go Hooper's way. Uh, that was a run, very run heavy game. Even Jarvis Landry scoring a rushing touchdown in that first spot for Cleveland. So I feel like the past game, finding its depth a little bit more seems reasonable. Yeah, I think Hooper's a solid play uh, with Odell out again. And, and Njoku actually looked pretty decent as the secondary tight end there as well. Um, I think we can eat a little bit of chalk because this lineup is pretty contrarian, I think, mm -hmm. as is. I'm going to go with a guy that's still probably underpriced if his role is what it was week one, and that's Joe Mixon. Uh, rushed the ball, I believe, 29 times, getting work in the passing game. Um, seems like they just really want to jam the ball. And of all the kind of chalk options this week, we mentioned Najee earlier. I think Henderson, Darrell Henderson is also going to be popular. Mixon of these guys, I feel most confident about eating the chalk um, and just kind of knowing what I'm going to get. So let's put Mixon in here. All right. So I like that call and Mixon also led the league and in intended touches in week one, two, 33 overall. As Pete mentioned, 29 rush attempts in addition to four targets. So a lot of looks there. He also caught all four of those targets. Um, I'll, I'll do another mini correlation for you, though. I don't know if the prices is, are going to get a little too weird here for the defense. We should be fine because who cares about defense? Allen Robinson, I'll put in at mm -hmm. the flex. I think here, if we expect that this game, we kind of saw Cincinnati be not the most impressive in terms of, you know, letting Minnesota hang around. Obviously, they did take the game away at the end there, but I think Allen Robinson 
Robinson, 10 targets in week one. We talked about Andy Dalton not throwing the ball downfield, which sucks, but he's got to do it more. He can't be doing zero uh, deep throws per game as he did against that tough Rams defense. So I think in this spot, it should be a good one for Robinson to come back to, or, or come back to normalcy, I guess, not so much earth. Yeah, uh, I like that. I like that pick uh, as well. And uh, maybe you, you, th- this is how you win the Millie is, you know, Dalton throws two picks, you know, first two drives, and then uh, Justin Fields comes in and falls oh, uh, yeah. out with Allen Robinson. Um, so, yeah, that I would love us- that, by the way, just for real life and for fantasy. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then as far as defensive options here, uh, I think any of these, like, I think Colts at home. Um, dolphins at home. I'm intrigued by dolphins at home just because, uh, you know, we talked about it last week that I think Buffalo is going to run bad to start the year. And this is one too, where, um, so this could, this is one of the things that I was told, apparently, you know, taking just big discrepancies might be not the most plus EV move with the edge lines, but edge actually has the dolphins favored by one in this spot. Whereas the books have them as a four point, uh, a four point dog at home. And I just, you know, I'm a little worried about Buffalo and I think Miami's better than people give credit. So I think taking the defense here and hoping that Josh Allen gives them a few freebies, I think seems pretty reasonable. Yeah. Uh, I like this lineup. Uh, mm-hmm. I love getting four uh, upside uh, wide receivers uh, using the flex there. Uh, yeah. I think it's solid, uh, logically constructed lineup. So, but you're not, this isn't going to be the one you actually enter into the deposit kingdom tournament. I would hope. No, I normally put whatever I end up putting in the spy as kind of like my main single entry GPP lineup. I normally put in this. And Corey in the chat saying, just drop it in to say, don't play RB chalk. You'll note that Najee Harris was not included in that lineup. And I would say though, for cash, Pete, like you got to play Najee Harris. I think that seems like a real easy one. Yeah. Hypothetically, if I played cash, uh, I would love to play him. I'd be so excited and so thrilled. I would be telling everyone how excited I was to play. You remember the joys of when you were playing cash for like that three weeks? It was just one week. It was week 17 last year. I'm going to, I, it's one of the bits I can't wait to do again. Week 18 this year is when GPP becomes a cash game grinder for one week. All right, Pete. So we've covered everything here. Of course, the last thing to cover, make sure you are getting a part of Football Outsiders Plus over at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Um, it's very cheap over there. So go check out the packages. You can get a year long one for like legit less than anywhere else you'll find. And there's data. You'll hear DVOA quoted a lot by other media entities. Obviously, we're quoting it here too because we're affiliated, but something that I've always looked at anyway. And it's something that's going to add value too, especially in these early parts of the season, figuring out who's performing better than average, who's not, I think is a core part of what you're doing. So go footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe and make sure to give us five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts because we're giving away guest spots. We're giving away randomizer boxes. All you have to do is go find the Splash Play podcast feed. Subscribe on there too, but give us five stars and a review and you could be here on this show holding a crystal ball of your own as we do these very esoteric bits. B-Y-B-I-O-C-B. Anything else you want to say here, Pete? You got, I'm sure, a ton of content coming up. So where else can people find your delicate genius coming up? I'll do, yeah, I'll do two plugs doing a show tonight with Justin Freeman. Uh, Ooh, uh, our looking, pal. Uh, yeah, our pal looking at the Run the Sim stuff. I've been fiddling with all the inputs, and I'm excited to have him on to the showdown cram, and he can kind of talk to me about some of these baseline numbers and assumptions and knowing when we're getting too crazy, you know, adjusting some of these macro inputs. So excited to do that, walk through the slate, you know, kind of hone in on ownership after an active's come. That's 7.30 Eastern tonight on this channel. And then I'll also say, my friends over at BetSperts, they're going to give one of my followers in the betting app $200 uh, this week. All you have to do is be following me. That link's down below. I have my one of my picks for tonight's game, Spags. I might have gone 2-0 and on Monday night. I am a sports betting tout now. Wow. So uh, I guess whatever you're losing in ride or die picks, you're putting over <laughs> towards BetSperts. <laughs> That's right.
Uh, we love the Betsperts. So a very good team over there. And Pete doing stuff with them is great to see. So go check them out as well. We'll be back tomorrow, 2.30 Eastern, once again, 11.30 Pacific. Pat Corain from Ship Chasing and NBC Sports Edge will be here with us doing a great show, doing the ride or die picks, going game by game, as we always do. We appreciate you guys for being here. Enjoy your days. See you soon. Thank you.